Hi and welcome. You're listening to Unravel Podcast, where we unravel inspiring journeys from people around the world and discuss how to achieve our goals and dreams through personal finance, self-growth, productivity and networking. Hi everyone, before we begin today's episode, I'd like to leave you guys with a quote. Chance favors the prepared mind. If you don't understand the meaning behind it, don't worry, because in today's episode, we have the privilege of meeting with Ashwin, a great example of someone willing to put in the work now to see the results later. His routine and habits are quite frankly off the charts, consisting of 3 a.m. gym sessions, great academic ambition and work habits. A military commander and undergrad who leaves an amazing impression every corner he turns. He is a person I personally get inspired by every day and look up to him in many ways. Thank you for listening to Unravel Podcast. For anyone that's listening, I just wanted to um, upsell Ashwin a bit because he's an amazing person. <laughs> so cool because um, when I was in the military, he he had such a huge influence on not only uh, his friends that uh, trained with him alongside when we were in the command school, but he also had a huge influence on the pioneers that we were um, uh, responsible for. Right, right. And you were actually one of the people that I looked up to in the military. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. I don't think I ever tell, told you that. No, yeah. we didn't. Ha- we didn't have a lot of time to talk. Right? We didn't. Yeah, different companies. Yeah, but uh, I saw you from afar every time you went down to trainings, right. PTs, and stuff. Right. I saw that you uh, you had a different connection with the pioneers that uh, I would say a lot of people try to achieve, or people just uh, wouldn't even bother to try to get. It, it was an honor to yeah. have that respect from the pioneers. So can you tell me what were some of the reasons uh, why you think that um, your leadership skills um, paid off? Mm, for me, I actually I believe in a lateral leadership or right. in a top-down leadership. So instead of like treating the men like my men, I talk to them like my friends. So let's say uh, if they had an issue, mm. I wouldn't like talk down to them. I would, okay. I would talk along, I would talk on their level. Yeah. So I would take myself to be uh, a man mm. myself. Mm. And I'll share with them my experiences. I'll talk to them. I'll, I won't have the air about me that I'm a leader. I will come down to the level right. and be with them. So usually after training, I see my my fellow sergeants. Mm. They'll go back to the bunk, they'll chill. I will tend to go to the men's bunk and talk to them after training, how they feel, any things to bring up about training, any yeah. ways I can improve myself, actually. So I believe that uh, a leader, any leader, any field, in any field, right. they have to talk to their subordinates yeah. like they're one of them. That's very, that's the key thing, you know. So these days, men, they're all educated in the army. Mm. So they all have a certain level of education. Mm. So you cannot talk down to them. They won't respect you. Right. They won't follow instructions. So yeah, that's pretty much my principle. Do, did, did you, when you first came uh, to our unit and had mm-hmm. extra responsibility outside your own right. and your uh, training batchmates, right. did you ever have doubts that maybe the approach I'm doing right now is a bit uh, wrong or different or it won't work because not a lot of people are doing it? Uh, honestly, at the start, I had a fear that they might walk over my head. Right. So they might climb on my head, they might take advantage of my kindness. Mm. But I understood that uh, as long as I give them the respect that they deserve, right. honestly, like every human is a respect. So as long as I give them, they do respect. So when they do a good job, I honestly just congratulate them. Like I don't keep any things like, held back. Yeah. So when they do a good job, I give them my congratulations. When they mm. do a like, not so good job, 
I correct them. I don't scold them. I don't punish them. I correct them. Yeah. So that's that's the key thing. Like through punishment, they won't learn anything. But through correction, through teaching, they actually learn a lot more. I guess that's the old old school way of thinking. Things, it is. Right? Yeah. So if you if you're gonna punish them for doing something wrong, but not teach them. So let's say if they forget their equipment out in the field, mm. and instead of telling them why it's wrong, just give them a weekend duty. Yeah. They're gonna grow a sense of hate for you. So yeah. They, they won't learn why it's wrong. So right. if you after the training, you go to the bunk. You, t- t- you, <clears throat> sorry, you nice. let them know that uh, that leaving the equipment in the field is right. a risk to training safety, risk to training security. So you just let them know why it's wrong. So they will learn. Yeah. They will not make a mistake again. Yeah. And they will grow a res- certain respect for you. Yeah. So yeah, they'll understand that you know you're not a leader who punishes. You're a leader that teaches. Right which is the key distinction between a good leader and a bad leader. Yeah, you know, I never gave out... Um, punishments? Yeah, I never gave out punishments. Same. Because Same. how I see is that if I'm giving out the punishment, there must be a huge reason for it. Exactly. And most of the times when I was punished, if I ever was, uh, I never had any any punishments uh, in, in terms of confinement or anything. Right. But I had punishments in camp. You okay. know, maybe clean the toilet or something like that. You right, know, when right. you mess up in training. Those, yeah, those. yeah, but they gave me the punishments out of um, pure, I wouldn't say entertainment, but there was no reason for it because I didn't learn anything. It's meaningless. Right. Right, right. And if you're punishing someone and then they're not learning anything from the mistakes that they did, then what's the point? What's the point? Exactly. Yeah, then, you, then, you're, then you're just... Uh, almost doing it for yourself if you have the rank exactly you know? it's just to pull the rank you know in right. other words yeah just to show them that I'm the sergeant you're the man so do what I say yeah yeah I mean t- to be fair there were people like that there were sergeants I know mm. that believe in that principle you right. know, like just bossing them around with a rank but at the end of the day at the end of two years you're still civilians you know? right. this isn't a permanent rank so mm. there isn't a reason to push them around based on your rank Exactly. So you have to see them as a human being. And mm. really like, uh, beyond being men, they have feelings, they have emotions, they yeah. have their own thoughts, you know. Not yeah. all of them are going to call you sergeant after they book out or anything like that. Right. So they are, they are human beings. So you have to give them the due respect, you know, talk to them, understand them. That's important. That's the important of being a leader, you know. Exactly. Uh, your people is your greatest asset. Yes. Like your the individuals that follow you, they are your greatest asset. Right. So you have to keep that in mind all the time. Like don't ever forget that. So I've had the honor of working with sergeants who are very impressive. I actually enjoy working with them. So mm. even sergeants or like officers. Mm. So I think you might know uh Desmond, mm. second lieutenant Desmond. Yeah. So he was a great example yeah. in uh in the, the his leadership style. So I really admire him for that. And yourself as well, Eugene. <laughs> I really you. admire your leadership style as well. So uh, both of you are actually one of my key influences in the army. Oh, that's great. So I will strive to be a little bit like you all, a little bit better every day. Yeah, that's funny because yeah. I also observe you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a mutual yeah, thing then. I think maybe um, when it comes to um, like-minded principles, right. people tend to see that. They tend to click, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's the truth. Even from afar. Right. That's cool. Do you, do you believe that... Um, the practice that you had in the army when you're going to go start working is going to be an advantage like in terms of like discipline in terms of uh, i guess that you're a very ambitious guy right so right. maybe you will have in the future privilege to lead your own team again 
honestly, that would be a that would be a great thing to happen. Right. Yeah. That that would be good. Uh, and I believe that in army, it yeah. really sets you up for that. So that's one thing good about national service in the sense that being 19, 20 year olds, mm. you get the experience of leading six right. men or leading a whole platoon, mm. being officer. So not many people in the country have that. Mm. So you see like, let's say Malaysia, for example, or neighbor, right. they don't get the experience. So even the US, they don't get the experience. Yep. So being a Singaporean, like that's one key thing that differentiates us from them is that we have the leadership skill at a such a young age. So it's mm. embedded in us. But the key thing is what we do with it after we ORD mm. after we finish our service mm. so do we build on it do we continue developing it or do we just abandon it and go back to being a student and just completely abandoning it sounds like you have the right attitude though thank you man appreciate yeah. it <laughs> um, were you uh, what kind of expectations did you have when you entered the army like every other teenager you know, I was just afraid I was just concerned yeah. about the whole change in my lifestyle yeah booking in every Friday every Sunday night okay booking out every Friday evening yes so that's just gonna be a abrupt change in my life and at the start it was a concern of course you know I had uh, freedom outside I could go anywhere I want I mm. could just spend my time how I wanted however I wanted to but uh, after going through the process of national service I came to realize that if you want to make a good time of it, you can. If you want to learn stuff, you can. If you want to blow it all away, you can as well. So at the end of the day, it's really up to you. Like you can choose, you know, once you go to the unit, you can choose to make a difference. You can choose to sleep in bunk. You can mm. choose to go out there and teach and inspire men. So right. it's really up to you at the end of the day. What you make your two years. Because it either way it's gonna fly by. Mm. so make those years count that's what I believed in I totally agree with you thank um, you because for me uh, I, di I didn't really know a lot about the army right. when I came so for me it was really like um, take it day by day day right that was my approach to yeah. DMD yeah and uh, even more so I had a choice going to the army or not meaning to say that if I didn't go I wouldn't be able to come back to Singapore right but at least I didn't go to army, right? Right, right. And I feel like a lot of Singaporeans would probably take that if they have that option. Some of them would, right? Yeah. Some of my friends some I know them. that would if they had a choice. I, I I talked to some of my friends as well, and when they found out in the in the army during my different phases, uh, a few people would find out and they would say, "Why did you even come back?" Right. Because uh, you're wasting two years of your life. But I didn't have the attitude because I felt like there was something to learn. But looking back now, do you feel that's a waste of time? No. It's yeah, that's good no because uh, I learned so many things I met so many great people uh, I think people that I would be influenced by that's long term awesome. one of them are you I'm so that's gonna that's gonna be, be really cool <laughs> yeah because I even though because um, um, having a conscript army is a bit different you will get the best of the people that are fit for army because when I say, why I say fit for army is because these best people right there are people that are not fit for army that might be really really good outside army. exactly yeah, great 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 friend great student might be a great leader outside because exactly. the environment matters a lot for people that's why i also learned exactly yeah not everyone's made for the military life right exactly but i felt like if i just had a good attitude about it i will learn something at least right and if i learn something at least then i didn't waste my two years exactly that's the thing because yeah. everyone has to go through it either way Right. So you're either really like it or not, you're going to have to go through it. For, for Singaporeans at least, yeah. you had a choice. But for Singaporeans, right, 
you had to go through the two years. So it's either you make the best of it yep. or you can blow it all the way. Yes. So, yeah. And um, same thing, you cannot tell anyone what they want to do. But if you if you just go into it with a bit of atti- a good attitude, whatever you're doing, that is tough. Right. Um, I think that the end result will be more surprisingly better than what what you what you could I have expected. I believe there's a saying from the Chinese saying, "Okay, bring a horse to the pond, but you can't make the horse drink water." Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's bro- very coarsely translated, but I believe that's a saying, and that's one thing I had in my mind throughout the army. You know, mm. like when leading my men, like you can teach you can tell the men something but end of the day right whether they do it or not it's up to them yes and that's where the respect comes in so the respect for you is what will make them finish off the task i i I really it really felt good to me as well when i had to you know because we are also responsible to following instructions from our higher ups yes so that's a bit it's that's the tricky part of being a commander because you want to balance you want to balance like giving you good wel- welfare for your soldiers exactly. and then you need to take the commands from the upper higher, exactly. higher ups. But uh, I was re- it re- felt really good when I was giving the instructions that I had to in a way where, because we had timings to meet. Right. But then I see my soldiers, they're not doing it because of we have to meet the requirements. They're doing it because they know that I'm giving the command. Exactly. And it's... that we're doing it as a team effort. And that, so that felt really nice. Then uh, at that point, I felt like, okay, maybe the approach I'm doing is not so bad. That's exactly what differentiates between a good leader and a bad leader. Right. You know, how the men see you as they do it for the fear of punishment yes. or respect for you. Yeah. And then yeah, I think it paid off. Most of the pioneers that I, I had, they we still have contact. That's which I good, think man. is a cool that's thing. Good. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a really cool thing. That's great. And uh, more so now, it's, it's just friends. Right. Yeah, there's right. no more rank, nothing like that. Because what you told me, right, is um, if they would call you PS outsider or not, it all depends on what kind of dynamic you put in place. Exactly. In the yeah. army. Right, right. Yeah. I understand, yeah. I have the honor of sharing the same bond with my, my men too. Yeah. You know, so after they already... Actually not they, surprised. They already, <laughs> they already pretty recently, yeah. actually. So after they, they're done, they came to me, you know, they messaged mm. me like, oh, Sergeant, I've already, Ashton, I've already yeah. uh, glad to be with you on the other side, that kind of thing. And it really makes my heart warm yeah. because like they remember you after a while because after you, there has been other, other like groups of sergeants come in, other mm. batches. And through it all, they still have you in the back of their mind when they're yeah. training, you know, like, oh, How's Ashlyn doing outside? How's he doing in university? Mm. So those are the little things that make you, you know, like those two years run so bad after all. Right. Make you feel that way. That's good. Yeah. So, and the next topic outside the army, right. um, you have, I think, quite a crazy discipline compared to some of the people that, most of the people I know. So for the people that are listening, I... Ashwin, I talked to Ashwin a lot of times when I was studying, uh, having mo- some of the most uh, time-consuming times uh, in my student life so far. And I saw Ashwin working out at 4 a.m., 3 a.m. <laughs> and at night. And then he right. goes uh, and wakes up at 7 a.m. going to class online and stuff like that. And Good I talked to myself like, wow, that's so crazy because I skipped my gym today because <laughs> I wanted to study more. Right, right. So I wanted to see like maybe, you know, if you... Cause Going to the gym for me is so important. Uh, not so much now about the aesthetics, but because of it's just a huge part it's of my habit, life. It's you know, a it's habit. It's a habit. Yes. And when the habit is broken, it's not there anymore. It just feels weird. It does. Yeah. This. To so, the point where if you're not doing it enough, 
it can it can have a bit of a negative effect. Right. So like it throws your whole balance off. You feel, exactly. Right. Even now after my vaccine, so I'm still waiting for it to take effect. You know, yeah. to the gym, I'm feeling off myself honestly. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a weird feeling. You can't put a finger on it, but it's there. You know, yeah. you know that the habit's off. The habit's broken. Yeah. So it's all about getting back the wagon after it's said and done. So where did where did the fitness journey start off from? Because I've seen your uh, journey through your my stories and right. the beginning for a few years ago, you grew. Uh, I would say almost double the size. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. The right before army began. Right. Yeah. So uh, in SP in my poly life, I was actually a strongman athlete. Wow. So yeah, I was. Uh, That's pretty cool. Those that flip tires, you know, beer cactus. Okay. Yeah. So I was doing that for my school, and uh, I was introduced to the concept of strength. So like, mm. as opposed to aesthetics, so like strength. So, uh, things like uh, deadlifts, uh, AMRAP. So as many as possible in right. a minute. So those kind of things, like, were new concepts to me. You know, usually when I go to the gym, it's more for like to look good, big chest, big biceps, but. The whole concept of strength came in, and I guess that's what led me to to where I am today. You know, like usually for size, for for aesthetics, it's pretty simple. Mm. You follow a set program, you just train the body parts and leave. But for strength, you won't see the result as much as uh, size training. Right. But you feel the the accomplishments yourself. Like it's not meant for others to be seen. Like looking at you outside. Mm. Others won't see like they can deadlift two hundred kg. Right. Yeah, they won't know, but you know, like inside. So I feel like the whole concept of strength, right, actually, uh, taught me that the the, the how do I put it, the the concept of putting the work behind mm. and not letting anyone see your work, you know. So working behind the curtains, that's the whole concept of like what led me here today. It's a good principle. It is. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. So like, most people see the the result, but they don't see the effort. Yeah. So that like, you know, on on contest day, they see the deadlift, but they don't see the dieting. They don't see the the back end strength. They they don't see the field reps. That's less important. Like the field reps is what brought me there. The sacrifice. The sacrifice. The days when you when you felt like you wanted to you not go to off, the gym. Yeah, when you drag yourself to the gym. Right. Those, those days when your workouts don't feel the same. Yeah. Like they don't see any of that. They just see the the PRs. They just see yeah. the, right. You know what I'm saying, right? I mean, as a fellow lifter yourself, I'm yeah. sure you do. Yeah. I understand what you mean. Right. So, so it applies to your life outside as well. It does. The philosophy yeah. of it. So like there are days where I don't feel like studying. There there are days where I don't feel like doing anything. Else. Right. So, wake up and lazy in bed but the thing is right i have to get it done because i know what i want in life i know my goals i know right the things that i've set for myself so just following this principle right so everyone will not see those days where i have to drag myself out to my laptop mm. to study to, to practice my code or yeah. they don't see those days they just see like uh the results at the end of the day they just see the grades Mm. and that's a key thing like everyone wants the results but no one wants to do the work yeah right yeah that, that's the thing like everything is so glamorized these days you know like yeah especially see, social media right exactly yeah like everything on uh, instagram especially like yeah. you see people saying that oh you can look big with just one one pill or yeah. one supplement one shake but is it the truth though it's not you know you have to Definitely put in not. a lot of effort in the background right 
Yeah, and people don't want to do that. They want a shortcut. I think that's that applies to almost everything in life right now. A lot of people want to have a shortcut to things. It does, especially in the world of finance. Yeah. So you see on Instagram, there's like these kids posting pics of their cars, their houses. Yeah. Buy my course. Buy my course, especially, yeah. <laughs> 700 bucks for a year, you know, that kind of thing. And people just follow, you know. They don't understand that uh, trading or making money, especially, it's not yeah. a, it's not a get-rich-quick thing, you know. No. It's, it's, a, it's a long process. Definitely. You have to learn. You have to build the foundation. You have to get into a habit. Making money is a habit. It's not a, it's not a lottery ticket. It's not yeah. a lucky draw. How so, much? How much would you say it's important for you as a beginner when you take when it comes to personal finance mm-hmm. that? It plays a factor if you are surrounded by people that can help you grow in that area. Or do uh, you do you suggest that people should figure out themselves and not get influenced by people? Actually, that's a good point. Actually, mm. that's a really good point. So I'm sure you've heard of the saying that you're the average of the five friends who keep close around yeah. you. Right. So that's very, very true in this case. So like if you hang around friends that talk about drinks or going out all the time. Uh, you'll be the sixth or fifth. You'll be the fifth guy over yeah. there in the group. But if you hang around friends to talk about things like making money, you know, uh, stocks to look out for, mm. what's the, the trend in the market right now, guess where you'll be. Right. Right, yeah. So you're going to be in that group. You're going to go along with them. Mm. So uh, in, you know plants, right? I'm sure you know plants. So the, the plant will naturally grow towards the sunlight. Yes. So let's say you put it under a shelf you'll find that after a while, the, the plant will grow beyond the shelf and go out to the sunlight. Right. So that's very true like with a person and their friends. So let's say you, you're you're individual and your friends all talk about leisure all the time, you know, mm. having fun, spending money, going out. That's where you're going to head towards. You know, you're going to head in that direction as well. Right. But if your friends talk about personal development, personal growth, how do you make the best of your time? You know, any good online courses to go for, to yeah. attend, that's where you go towards and that's what, that's how you make a habit out of things. Right. You know, so after a while, you'll start doing it yourself too and you'll start to share with your friends. Like, guys, look, I found this online course, you know, like it's mm. a good thing, you know, maybe some intro to coding, you know, it's right. good for y'all, give it a try, you know. So after a while, you'll start to get into the habit of things and that's how they develop at a young age. Do you feel like you're going to attend quite a few seminars in your lifetime? I am, actually. Yeah. I, I do feel that way, you know. So I have the privilege of having good friends. So friends that inspire me, including yourself, you know. Thank you. Friends that motivate me to be better. I think... Um, because I have a few friends that ask me, like, Eugene, I have a thousand dollars, you know, mm-hmm, sing right. dollars in whatever currency they have, just to keep it simple, equivalent to a thousand sing dollars. Right. And then they say, where should I invest this money? Right. And a thousand sing dollars, if you look at it, you won't, even if you have uh, a 100% return, it's just 200 sing dollars, exactly. sing dollars. And that's less than a month pay. It is, right. And uh, 100% return is very, very high already. It's, it's, it's very super, r- super rare. You need to be a very good investor exactly, in order to achieve yeah. that, especially in a very short period of time. Right. But averagely, let's say that you're passively investing and then you made good choices, risk management and stuff, you might right. get an 8% to 12% return. Exactly. And that's $120 okay. back, which is not 
a huge significance. It's not a huge amount, but that's it's a good habit. It's a good habit to start with, you know. So yeah. once you see the gain, you'll understand the concept of compounding returns. Yes, which I, I I like. I for I love people it. To teach that. I love it. Yeah. So like usually uh, at the start, like teens will have quite a limited source of money mm. to invest, but if you think that way, that will stick with you throughout. Yep. So you keep. Like you keep saying to yourself, you know, I don't have enough to invest. I don't have enough to invest. And soon you'll be in the thirties, your forties. Right. Before you know it, your friends have so much of the money in their investments and you'll be left with a little or none. Exactly. In case. Yeah. And if you So what I wanted to say was that if you have a thousand Sing dollars to invest, first off, you shouldn't have the attitude that you have too little money to invest. Exactly. Because of that what we just talked about is the principle of it. Exactly. In order for you yeah. to build a habit. Because slowly and surely your in- your income will increase, right? It will increase. And if you don't yes. have the habit for it, then what's it going to go? Your spending exactly. will increase. That's exactly why uh, those people who win the lottery, yeah. they blow it all away. Yeah. Because they don't Great have the experience. Exactly. They don't have the experience of dealing with money that big. Right. So those uh, wise ones who win the lottery, they keep their money silent. They engage a financial advisor. Yeah, and they manage investments. That's those are the very rare, yeah, rare ones. But most of the time, you see them blowing it all on Lambos, yeah, you know, houses, a lot of vacations, a lot of vacations. You know, good eateries, good good food. Yeah, and two years down the road, left with nothing. Yeah, that's a sad tale. Man. And people that win lotteries, they can create generational wealth if they exactly, just manage it properly. If they wanted to, yeah. you know, but. They keep thinking in the back of the head, you know, like I have the money I can spend. Yeah. But when the bills come, you know, when the the curtains are drawn, the show is over. Yes. They look back and look at what could have been. That's a sad part. Yeah. Then right. they then the the only thing they have left is good memories. Exactly. But is it worth though? Yeah. I don't think it's worth. Right. I agree with you. Right. But I think that if you don't have enough money, what I always suggest my friends to do is that maybe don't start investing straight away. If you want exactly, to do it, yeah. invest a little bit that you're okay. Because it's also a mental game. It is. It is. Yeah. So for someone that has only a thousand sing dollars, especially students, maybe they grew up with having a parent allowance right. and they didn't really have a full-time job yet. Right. Um, and for females in Singapore, they didn't go to NS. So right. they didn't earn money from, from that. So maybe that's, you know, a thousand sing dollars is maybe not so crazy uh, weird to have only. Right. And if I if I would suggest to them, don't invest all of that because that's all your savings. So mentally, if you lose it, you're gonna feel very shitty about it. Exactly. Yourself. Yeah. So what I suggest you do is to just invest in some knowledge. In in yourself, actually, right. invest in yourself. So, you pay buy buy some books if you need to, right. or attend a course that doesn't seem too scammy. Okay. online right. and then like maybe uh, if I, I don't believe that you should charge overcharge someone for a course but if there's like a 20 dollar course and then they teach you the basics of investing right. the person is um has a reason why he's doing this maybe he's a, a licensed person that it's deals with money or, yeah. right or he works for a company that does these things then just go ahead not those get rich quick no, no, no. not no, those not those yeah, yeah um, of course and of course, it's a bit hard to filter these things out when you're a beginner. But if you know someone in your circle that you heard about that is, oh, why is why is he like talking about money so much? There must be a reason for it. Just ask him, like, what are you guys doing? Um, 
how did you start off and stuff i feel like a lot of people just right. gladly answer you know and that's where the friends come in you know right that's where the friends come in so like it's all one big jigsaw puzzle you know yeah you have to get the right pieces put it together and yeah that's right. how you solve it and then if you don't have enough money to invest i mean come on you you they, you can find I mean, the money if you really want to exactly right you can get a part-time job yes you can find work you can do things right to raise the money and maybe get a a little uh, backup fund set up yeah. before you engage in investing. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's more whether you want it enough or not. Yes. At the end of the day. So, you can see a lot of things, you know, like, oh, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have enough knowledge. But in, in today's world, everything's on the internet. Yes. You can go out there, do a quick Google search. Yes. Like, how do I start? And I'm pretty sure you'll find it less than a minute. Yeah. So, it all boils down to the point is, of whether you want it or not yeah you know i i always give my uh, my friends this because i i see that i don't see myself at this but i have had friends that came up and asked me how come you're so ambitious and like you're so impressed that you're doing these things as a student like and i see for myself is uh, it's not that much i mean right. i had the skills before with ed video editing and social media a bit and for right. me it was just putting in a bit of time which uh, you, at the end of the day it was quite fun you know right, to do exactly. these things yeah. love the process right and i tell them that so if you are comparing yourself to me first off never do that never compare yourself to anyone only focus on yourself exactly. the only person that you should be competing with is the person it's you yourself. woke up exactly. today and the second thing is that if you are a person that is already happy or content with your life, then don't let anyone tell you differently. Right. Because you shouldn't be influenced by the negativity that someone else is imposing on you. Of course, exactly, yeah. So if you feel like investing is not for you, if you feel like um, taking care of your finances is not for you, then either you are not knowledgeable enough and you're living in in ignorance, right? Because there there are things that comes with money, for example, security, right, especially if you right. have responsibilities like family and stuff. Right, exactly. Then maybe you need to wake up and see like if I lose my job or something, what will I, happen? I need to you take know? care of my family. Right. But if you're a person that knows all these things and you still don't want to go into investing and you're happy with having a nine to five job and salary, then that's perfectly fine. Right. But there's a but. If there is days when you wake up feeling like you could have done more which you were talking about how much do you actually want it exactly then you have to yeah. put in the work you have to put in the work energy because no one else will help you no one else will pull your hand and say right. this is the way you know go follow me no no, no one will do that because everyone has their own belt to fight yes everyone has their own road to travel yeah so no one's gonna carry you on your back you know and bring you along their road you have to find figure out your way Figure out your way in life, your road to travel. So at the end of the day, right, it's really up to you to yeah. look in the mirror and say, do I want it or do I, or do I not want it? Yes. So if you don't want it, it's fine. It's up to you. Yes. But you have to accept that you will lose out on some stuff that the yeah. guys who wanted it and did it achieve. Yeah. And I think people go through different stages of their lives or people that I guess are super okay with working for someone else, building right. up their dreams instead right, because exactly. they like the security. Right. But maybe something changes in their life. Their boss was probably maybe horrible, or they didn't like how they were pushed around in that right. culture. And then they felt like I want to be a person that creates a better exactly. environment for someone else. Then you already have a, a why. 
a little switch was flicked. Right. You know, and it, right. So then it's up to you to figure out how you can transition from that. And that might be tough. It might be a lonely journey and stuff mm. like that. But if you don't do it and you keep complaining about it, then it suddenly turns into your own problem. If you don't so do much it, external. no one else will. Right. That's the thing. So and then you're just complaining to yourself, even if you're giving excuses that like, oh, I'm staying in this job because of I cannot leave, blah, blah, blah. And complaining itself, right, leads to a whole different suite of problems. Right. So like, I'm sure you know the power of words. Yes. Right. So if you start complaining, start whining, you know, keep doing it over and over again, like instead of saying, why am I not there? Like say like, I will be there one day. Yes. What do I have to do? You know, that's the issue with people these days. I, I've seen people, you know, who rather sit around and complain, like, why don't I have what he has? Yes. You know, why wasn't I born with this? Why wasn't, why don't I have the chance he received? Right. Right. But instead of doing that, instead of spending time feeling sorry for yourself, you can go out and close the gap, you know? I mean, the world isn't fair. Let's, let's be straight about that. Yes. Some people have advantages, some people don't. So... Instead of complaining about that, which won't change anything, you mm. can go out, you can uh, close the gap, if you will, you know. You can make a difference, you can pursue knowledge in your own time. So it's hard, you know, I'll give the guy that. It is hard to yes. spend time, you know, like while seeing your other friends, like, get it all for nothing. Yes. You know, just sitting at home, they get all the perks. But at the end of the day, it's up to you, you know, whether you want to or not. Bring it back to the old point. You have to want it enough. Yes. Right. You can't sit around at home and saying that that guy has it. So that guy has the advantage or he's going to succeed. I'm not. You can't do that. Right. You have to put in your best shot. So even if you fail, you can say that you tried. You know, you know that there's nothing more left to do. You did all you can. Yes. Yeah. So that's important. That's the mindset, you know. Mm. It's more of a, a mindset of abundance. You have to like tell yourself that, you know, like I have... I've been blessed with what I have. So I'm going to make the most out of it. Time, mm. you have family, you have our resources, the internet. So we are born in this day and age where information is free and available to everyone. Yeah. So you can get it on the internet, you can get it with friends, uh, you got uh, your handphone, your hand, smartphone. So Even libraries in, in Singapore, borrowing books, as I say, yes. or PR is free, right? It's free, yes. So... So it's all it's all right there at your fingertips. Right. So if you're gonna sit at home and complain and whine, right, that's really on you. Yeah. Like you can't blame anyone else but yourself. Yeah, and I think that for people it can be hard to hear this, but it's the hard truth. Yes. But at, at the end of the day, uh it's really your action. I'm pretty sure everyone has complained about something, but I, yes. I guess that because you have grown so much, yes. you have realized that actually in those times when you complain about things, there could have been things that you could have done differently. Yes. Honestly, even I have complained about things right. back, back uh, let's say, in poly. So when I'm not seeing the results that I want, be it in the gym or be it in, in academic results, yeah. you know, I'll complain, I'll tell my friends, you know, like, that guy, you know, has good genes, so I'm not doing so well, you know. Mm. Or that guy, he uh, is all the time in the world to revise, you know. So that's why I'm not doing so well. Right. So, but after a while, I realized that wasn't doing anything. So what if he has good genes? That doesn't change anything about myself, you know. Right. So I can put in more effort if I wanted to in the gym to work out more, my weak parts. Mm. Or if I, if I complain about a guy spending all the time in books, 
I can do the same thing you want to do. Yeah. There's no, there's no difference uh, by complaining. You, you won't achieve anything by complaining. Right. You have to like, take a step back and see what you're lacking mm. and put in effort to correct that. I agree. So, so let's say, like, for example, the gym. So if you see your friend making good progress and you're not, and you choose to sit around and complain about his good genetics, you know, that isn't going to benefit you. Now you have to either, either make the time to go to the gym more often Right. Or look at your diet and change it, change things up. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. So being having been there myself, I can turn around and criticize myself, you know, back then for complaining instead of making the choice to do things. Mm. Right. So even even for myself, this isn't like uh looking down uh at others. No. Like I was there myself too, so I know how it feels like because it's very easy to sit back and complain, you know. Yeah. So like at the gym, like if I if I see my friend doing well and I'm not, I'll just turn around and say, you know, you know what, you're good genes, and I don't, so I'm not gonna be as good as you. Right. But at the end of the day, like you can say all you want, but in your heart, in your mind, you know that's not the truth. Yes. You know that you're making stuff up to just cover the truth. I I realized that when I was growing up as a teenager, especially right. when I was, uh, I looked different in a in a uh, Western society. Right. I I guess I talked a bit different. My Swedish is fluent, but uh, when I was younger, very young, I had a bit of an accent. Right. You know? And then I I became local, but I realized that I tried to fake confidence a lot, trying to fulfill that need in me to fit in, and. Uh, it worked to some extent, right. you know, you, you go into a room, you feel you try to be smiley, confident, do things that you felt like was cool and stuff. Right. And at the end of the day, you were right. Down, down in my heart, I knew that it wasn't right. Right, it, it, exactly. I was still this insecure little boy when I was in the shadows, uh, when I was alone. And it felt different. And after, you know, around 17, 18 years old, I started to change things. I learned a lot of new things knowledge-wise, that really helped me understand mm. myself more and the world. Right. Then I got to practice my leadership skills in the military. I, I got to practice myself. How, how disciplined am I? How, how well can I trust myself when right. it comes to things, responsibilities? And after that, I just kept going. And now I can finally say that I am very confident in myself because I managed to, whatever objective that I'm setting, whatever goal that I'm setting, whatever promise I tell myself, I achieve those things. Right. And because of that, I can trust myself more. That's important. Yes. The self-trust. Right. It's very important, you know. Yeah. And I, f I feel like that when it comes to business and leading someone else, mm -hmm. I feel like this will be a good thing for me. And it will reflect one day because of if I can trust myself enough, I can trust giving instructions. I can trust taking these decisions in the company in order for us to repel to the next stage. Right. And if and your team sees that you trust yourself, right, they will trust you too. Yeah. Because I met people that, that I uh, saw that I want to be and I saw that trust that they had in themselves and right. they influenced me so much. Really cool. Right. It's all about self-confidence in the energy. Right. Like, let's say in the army, if you have an OC, that always self-doubts himself. You know, they're always like, uh, has doubts about his plans. Yes. You know, you won't feel confident following his his lead. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, if you have an OC that actually says things with confidence, you know, like this is the plan, we're gonna do it, we're gonna succeed, 
you you feel good to follow him you know like yeah. he's the one that uh would bring to the mission success right so you feel the conf- you feel the confidence you know yeah. that's, that's the key thing at the end of the day and there can be different factors in order to get confidence maybe there was someone that had a uh, had gone through a lot of experience right maybe there is someone that really put in all his effort into understanding himself and the knowledge about what they are doing right right so he knows that it's gonna work right um do you feel that uh, your childhood and upbringing had a lot to do with how you see life and the principles you have right now uh i actually do yeah that actually molded me for who to become who i am right now so i mean everyone uh has a different upbringing yes right so after a certain age it's really up to you to decide what you want to do with that mm. you want to tweak things a bit you want to amend some things you were taught when you're growing up so for me i've had the privilege of having two loving parents mm. so i was raised in a hindu household mm. so we prayed often yes we uh my dad was very strict so he was a disciplinarian so he was very right and wrong black and white kind of person so i mean that instilled the sense of right and wrong in me right growing up so back then everything was uh black and white to me you know either right or wrong mm. right but uh as, a, as as you grow along you know you you learn there's a gray in between you know yes right it, it's a thing you learn eventually things that can, things that can be discussed that can be discussed correct yes rules that can be bent right so that's what i learned along the way and growing up uh in my household right it's it's a very it's a very tra- traditional mm. traditional indian household so your dad is the one that's the the head of the discipline right so your mom is the one that you talk to about other things okay yeah and any calls are made by your dad yes any big big decisions are made by your dad so that's the way i was raised you know so growing up uh i view my dad as a very strict person yeah so when i, when I talk to him right i always I always had the impression that uh he wasn't very loving. Okay. You no, know, he wasn't capable of showing love. Right. But uh over time he definitely like softened up as he grew older. Mm. He became a softer person and I could see that even now like as he uh near his retirement. Right. You know, he's a, he's a much softer person than he was back then. So he showed his love in a very different way. Yes. Mm, so instead of like uh being like oh all the time like i love you son that kind of thing mm. he's more of like a good job you know he right. shows love in a very stern way so i mean that kind of influenced the way i viewed love and everything along the way but looking back now there's no other way i'll have it you know i'm actually really happy about my upbringing yeah and the way that uh i was taught about things in mm. my life and my mom too she was a very uh inspirational person she yeah. managed a lot of things she ma- she went through a fair share of hardships. Yeah. Yeah, so, and through it all, like, uh, I'll see her staying up with me to complete my assignments, like, even though she was tired, you know, she would stay up uh, till 2, 3 a.m. with me till I finish my Is home. she working that time? Uh, she's a housewife. Housewife. Yeah, okay. so after a day's chores, she'll still right. stay up with me and she'll uh, just accompany me because even though she's not familiar with my curriculum, like banking, mm. she d- doesn't get it, but she's by my side makes her effort to next to there. me yeah so she asked me if i'm hungry do i need anything and yeah. she just stayed by me that's amazing and i really appreciate for uh, her for what she's done mm. yeah i i think i i can uh, find similarities between how we grew up 
Um, right. my, my dad was also very black and white. He was a man of principles. Right. Uh, never really heard I love you a lot. It was more about... <laughs> right, uh, right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, you told him that I achieved this or that. He said, okay, good. Right. And you felt like he was more in, in, in uh, trying to convey that like, okay, good. But what's next? You know? Right. That's, that's there's more to come They to showed it. their love, right. I believe. Yeah, looking back now, yeah. you understand that. And I would always be reminded that the world is never fair. So don't right. expect people to serve you. Exactly. Yeah, so that's why you have to put in the work. You have to be the person that that is better than the people around you. So right. you, can, you can trust yourself more. Correct. And my mom, um, single parent, raised me single-handedly. And I understand the struggles of uh, trying to provide and stuff. I understand. Yeah. So it's, uh, I think for me, I felt the responsibility that I'm, uh, during the time I felt, you know, I, I saw the negative things about it because I, I felt like I was uh, raised in a very unfair uh, position. Right. But when I think about it now, I'm super happy about it. I, I guess that yeah, it's right. I would never change anything about it. Right. Because I'm happy about who I am now. And I have to. I have to. That's thank, the key thing, man. That's the key thing. I have to thank my environment for it because if my environment would be different, I don't know how it would turn out. Right. And the principles that I have now would say that I'm. I'm confident that if I stick to it, uh, I'll have a decent life. It's all about trying to find the strength, yeah. you know, in adversity. Trying to find the strength in anything. Right. That, that's the key thing in life. You know, you, you can't. You can't feel bad for yourself. You have yes. to dig deep and. Look for the things like the, the, the what's that word for it? The silver lining. Yes. Define a silver lining in everything. Yeah. And that's and that's what I admire about you, man. And even in camp, like I've seen you always smiling, always even though uh boat koi wasn't the most friendliest <laughs> place to be. <laughs> like I heard stories about yeah. the, the 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 rigor of yeah. being in boat company, but I always see you. I always seen you around with a smile going about your daily tasks so that, that's what I really mind about you man yeah you really found the good things about everything i uh i guess that it's um if you have a choice not to smile and have all the things that comes with it i just choose to smile very well because said. even even if because i cannot change my environment right but i can change the attitude i have in myself and if i'm always negative i'm just amplifying my bad environment that's very well said man and y it will just make it dreadful <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah so just just smile through it if i can help someone else realize that the situation is not as bad as you think if i can make sure that my pioneers see that if i'm happy they can be happy as well in a sense that i'm not pulling rank and feeling right. happy about that but i'm happy that you know they're happy. Yes, we are in the army together, right. but we are in this together. We are all wearing the green. There's no one that is different. We're That's all why I admire you. In the, exactly in the weekends. So uh, I, I, I guess I like, I like that. I admire you so much that you had the attitude of you being able to see that you wouldn't change anything about how you were brought up. Right. However, however unfair it seemed at times. Right. Because you cannot change it. You can't change it exactly, yeah. You and yeah, however much you want to try to teach your parents about principles, that maybe these are the things that you could be change a bit right. more light on. You know, older generation. I guess it will happen to us as well with experience. More of an Asian stuff. parent thing, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 the parents will see that they were always right, and they right. have good intentions. Right. I think it's more so Asian parents for you and me. Times have been tough. You know, it's yeah, not always right. easy. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, 
during your your parents' times and my parents' times, Singapore was not as developed. It wasn't. It was, right. There was a lot of things that were trying. Uh, a lot of people were trying to figure out. The the whole vibe, the whole environment was about survival. Right. Instead of thriving like right now, right. Like, you know, like back then, uh, my dad lived through the. Uh, he he lived through a time where Singapore wasn't independent. Yeah. So he was born in 1960. Okay. So his parents experienced uh, the occupation. Right. Right. So, you know, I think being brought in that environment, so he would have realized that a lot of things back then were about survival mm. instead of having to choose, like, you know, what shoe should I wear today? Yes. Or like, yeah, that kind of thing. So, like, it was more of, like, day-to-day survival. Right. To get through the day, three square meals a day that kind of thing. So that principle could have been embedded in them and which they carry on to us. So when we have kids, our principles will then be embedded in us, which will then carry on to them. Yes, I agree. Right. Do you feel that, um, I like the analogy that you said that during your parents' times, they didn't have the privilege of choosing, oh, what shoes should I wear today? Right. Or how many colors or shirts should I have exactly. on the same t-shirt? Yeah. Um, do you feel that because we grew up in a society and are privileged enough to have these choices that you feel you have to add on to it, meaning to say that you feel responsible of taking care of your personal finance or uh, trying to figure out how to become the best version of yourself because you have it in a sense, the environment is a bit more light uh, light on you compared right, to what our parents had. In, uh, in the world today, right, yeah. everything is so convenient, like, due to tech, due to right. AI, everything is convenient for you. And you definitely can find the, the things you need to make a better version of yourself. Mm. Like th- there is no doubt that everything is out there yeah. in the World Wide Web. So you can just bring out your smartphone or your laptop, just log on to Google or Yahoo, whatever you use, <laughs> and you can dig up the information. You know, you like, know people that use Yahoo. <laughs> I use a Bing myself as really? sometimes. Yeah. Wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's all it's all out there, and you can just uh, do a quick Google search. Yeah. And you get it. So there is no reason for you to say that I can't find the information or I can't access that. You know, back then maybe it was true. Mm. You know, you have to focus on survival, right. on eating, on drinking, on getting your meals in. That's your focus. So you can see that. Uh, I don't have time, you know. Back mm. then, people were working as uh, rickshaw riders or rickshaw drivers, sorry. Right. Or like trying to survive under the occupation. So back then, you can say that I did a time for it, you know. Right. So the gaps are much bigger then. Mm. But now, those gaps have been closed. Distance as well. The distance, yes, between right. the, the classes, between uh, individuals, yep. between the excess resources. Yes. It all has been closed up. There's still a bit of gap left in the different countries around the world. Yep. But it's much closer than it was before. Yes. Definitely. So if you're born in Singapore, I feel you're very lucky. Mm. That's the thing. You're very lucky and you have uh, a very stable country. You have uh, like a country that's united actually. Yeah. So you don't see this sort of racial unity anywhere else in the world. Yeah. So you can't complain that you are disadvantaged. You know, Singapore, the government tends to like provide things for you a lot. Yeah. So a lot of access to resources, even the way it handled the recent pandemic, yeah. it's very good. The, the way they provide the, the many like tokens, you know, I don't see any other country doing it. I like that you have, that's why, well, I admire you so much because yeah. a lot of, um, not a lot, but I, I have a few Singaporean friends that say that they look at the negative sides right. a lot. 
and uh, whether it be that they have an idea themselves that they want to pursue and things, they will always find 10 excuses for right. why it's not working. Right. And that's one of the reasons as well that I wanted to settle down in Singapore after my university, although I could have chosen in Europe, was because I have this view of Singapore that it is such a developed and systematic nation that if you want to achieve something, there are sources, there are exactly. things that can back you up and help you. You can achieve the things right. if you wanted to. Singapore, I mean, like you look at the international companies. Why, why, why are they coming here? Stable country, right? Good, good people, good government, right? Right. The people that they employ are hardworking. Right. They are efficient. They are smart and well educated. Exactly. They, uh, they are multiracial. They can speak English. That's a prof- that's very professional. Very important thing to consider. So there are so many reasons why so many internationals like to see Singapore as a huge opportunity to make money to not only that but to have stability exactly. i think that's a very good keyword that's the that's the key thing that differentiates singapore from other countries right the racial stability yeah and the, the government itself mm. you know like you know that it's stable because we have leaders that are competent yeah they are leaders that know what to do so even like in times of crisis like the mm. pandemic everything happened efficiently there was no delay in mass distribution there was no delay in uh, the token distribution. Right. Like, you know, like in other countries, there could be instances of like, uh, of masks going missing, you know, the mm. masks that are made for the, the, the country's people. Right. Going missing, for example. So, but in Singapore, like, you, you don't see that happening, you know, you see everyone getting what they deserve, what, sorry, what they're en- entitled to, mm. right, should I say. So, everyone in Singapore is well, uh, What's that word? Is uh, is well watched over. You know, yes. like the government, like make sure everyone is uh, safe, yeah, and happy, right? So there's no reason to complain in Singapore. I feel, mm. and everything here is uh, so accessible. Information, the library, like you mentioned, right? Libraries, you can go out. You can go out without fear. Yeah, like very few countries in the world where you see women. Running at night, jogging yeah. at night, you know, very few countries. Yes. So Singapore is one of those few countries that has almost everything ironed out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, there are a few issues here and there, yeah. few minor issues, but then again, like you don't see this anywhere else in the world. Like, mm. It's one of the few nations where everything is more or less given to you on a silver platter. Yeah. You know, like when you're born, I mean, in Singapore especially, your life is almost. Uh, planned out for you, you know, you right. just go through a process, your primary school is compulsory, so you have to go through that, and everything is like, subsidized if you need it, Yeah. so that's the important thing of Singapore, I feel, e- everything for the, for the citizens, mm. is made uh, accessible for you. Do you feel that, um, you said that everything is, uh, most of the thing is uh, served to you as a silver platter if right. you're a Singaporean citizen or PR? Right. Have you seen the the sudden change that people take it for granted? Uh, in what sense, though? Let's say that they, because if if they okay, I'll, we take another example. Let's right. say that it is a person that is born into wealth, right. money, okay, and then you have a kid that is not born into it, okay. and two uh, and. The kid that is not born into it, what we discussed before, is he will compare himself a lot to the person that has a lot right. of wealth. Right. And the person that is has a lot of wealth 
don't see any issues at all with it or they they don't understand the struggles that a person might have right if they don't have the money right okay do you feel that in singapore because we are such a developed nation that some people take it for granted and then they look at the small negative aspects that really shouldn't matter i actually do you know being served everything to being served everything right you tend to find flaws in the smallest possible areas mm. so like uh i mean uh most people they want to find flaws in certain things because they can't accept that everything is so good it's easier to blame than to accept, it is right, right. so uh for mm. them i would say like look at other countries before you complain yeah you know like uh most places in the world they don't have it as good as us right so it's a very big uh perk in itself to be born here yeah like if you compare yourself to other countries you already start like nowhere else in the world uh where the citizens mm. are bilingual a- almost everyone is bilingual in singapore right so i can speak uh english and tamil mm. and i'm sure you can speak uh english and mandarin yeah Right and Swedish as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so in Singapore, I mean, everyone is bilingual. Most of them, I would say, are bilingual, and that's very rare. You know, like yeah. some countries, like when you, t- when you tell them, you know, like I'm bilingual, they're they're shocked. Like, yeah. oh, like you have time to learn two languages? Like they're amazed. But it's a norm in Singapore. Yeah. You know? So you have so many things here. Huge privilege as well. Huge right? privileges. Yeah. yeah. So let's say if you want to go to India, I can talk to them in Tamil. I have no issue with that. Mm. But there are Indians born in other countries. That, like some of my friends, mm. they can't speak their own mother tongue. Do you have a, a huge connection back to India? Uh, my grandma, she's from okay. India. Have you ever considered... Because uh, I feel like uh, India is going to be a very huge emerging market soon. It is, right, yeah. So there's, uh, I think, untapped potential there. There is, right, yeah. I've, I've been considering, you know, like uh, probably a venture in India yeah. because of my language advantage. So right. I can go there if I wanted to. And that's what differentiates, you know, uh, Singaporeans from others, mm. is that uh, by being bilingual, you have a whole access to a new market. Right. If you want to like venture abroad, you know, uh, China and India, very big emerging markets, mm. and uh, Singaporeans, uh, Indian and Chinese especially, mm. you can go there, you know, and venture abroad and right. start your the enterprise here and expand outwards right. if you wanted to, and that's one big advantage that being Singaporean gives you. Right. Is, is that a chance to expand yourself? And the government support here in Singapore, exactly. the transparency of Correct. businesses. Correct. So yeah. it's a very unique society in a sense that uh, everything here is given to you, basically. Right. So, like, you don't have to choose whether you want to go to primary school or not. Like, it's compulsory. Mm. All levels, everyone goes for their sec one or sec four education. Yeah. So you get that all level set, you know. It's uh, internationally recognized. You can apply for universities overseas. You can choose to go to polytechnic after that yeah. or junior college. So everything here is uh, pretty much served to you. Yeah. And I don't feel there's a reason to complain. Right. You know, maybe the, the home prices is too high. Yes. You know, that's the thing. But apart from little things like that, you know, like uh, being here is really a privilege, you know. I think uh, when it comes to home prices, it's not so much about what we can do anymore. It's the land, land exactly, constraint. Exactly. Right. It's just the yeah. price of land these days. It's crazy. Yeah. That one is uh, it's a challenge for Singaporeans. Uh, even for myself, kind of move here, I need to think about it. Right. Right. But I feel at ease because I'm thinking about it now. 
when you're young, yes. not when you have to buy the house. Right, when right. you have less, more responsibilities. Right. So I, I'll just prepare as much as possible. I, you know, I like the, the thing that you said in the beginning that, you know, there are days when you're not working out. There are days when you are laying in bed, uh, procrastinating right. and stuff. And I, what I always say is that you should set your bar so high your peak, you know, where you feel, feel like it's a superhuman, where you feel so productive and great about yourself right. and proud. But you will always have days where you won't reach that because it won't be always you're your dancing on that line, right? That bar. But when you're underperforming, you're still doing well. Right. That's the thing. Right. Because your bar is so high. Exactly. So if you zoom out and look at it, right. you're not at the bottom that where you would have been if you never had the bar that That's high. That's the way that uh, I feel is best to mm. keep the complacency off. Right. You know, once you once you have the mindset that you're doing so well all the time, mm. you're going to slip into a sense of security, yep. a false sense of that. So you're going to just feel that, you know, I can just slack off whenever I want. I can take my foot off the gas whenever I want. Yes. But that's not the case because if you do that, someone else will come behind you and overtake you. Right. Right. So what you say is a good point, you know, try yeah. Uh, always keep running at an optimum level right so that when you don't you drop slightly below the mark you're still doing well yes but in your head you think that you know it's not good to go back to that level and you need to be self-aware enough to know that it's okay because it's a long-term process if you're not my principle is that if you're not doing things for the long term and you're trying to get a very quick high of something you mean whether it is that you want to make a lot of money through investing and then you believe that just investing in very speculative stocks or um, taking something that is very high risk, volatility. Right. How sustainable is it? You know? Honestly, it's not very sustainable. Right. Exactly, yeah. So why, what's the point of doing it then? If it's not sustainable, because you're just gonna, it's just gonna come and pinch yourself in the butt later. Exactly. But many people see it as a way, as a shortcut. Yeah. You know, that's the whole... There's a whole mindset these days, like there's a shortcut for everything, you know, you can't achieve your dreams yeah. by buying a plan, like you said earlier, you know, like, it's just a mindset, uh, everyone wants instant gratification right. these days, but they don't seem to realize that the work that goes on behind it, right, so making money is not a short-term thing, it's a long-term thing, you know, habits made up of your mindset, right? made up of uh, how much you're willing to put in mm. every day, so you can't just sit around in the back and say, you know, I'm going to make money tomorrow or I'm going to do it next week or next month. Right. You know, it's either you start today or you plan for tomorrow. You know, you don't sit down, don't lean back and just say, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Because trust me, it'll never come. Yeah. Tomorrow will never come. If you, because I see people that, I meet people that say that, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'll start investing, Um, you know, I'll do it later. Right. Then, I asked them. So I asked them just very simple question. So, have you thought about this exact uh, thing before? Like a year ago, he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's true." So why haven't you started yet? It's because people people like the instant gratification, and if they if you don't see results straight away, it just they don't up. tend to do it. Right. And it not only applies to investing; it applies for so many things. I was about like, to say that. Yeah, like sports, yes. or like working out, you know, anything. It just they just want to see results instantly. That's why fitness is such a huge part of me. Right. Because I know that in order for you to see results, it will take a while. Aesthetically or when it comes to strength, it will take a while. It will take a while. That's yeah. That's what you know, like taught me. 
the the to not believe in instant gratification. Right. You know, like it's gonna take a while, so you gotta stick through it and believe in the process, trust mm. in the process. So you, you just cannot expect, you know, to see uh, a six pack of abs the next day. You know, you're gonna have to consume the protein. You're gonna have to sleep well. Right. Follow the good habits, and then after a while, you'll see it. And to maintain it is another thing. Mm. It's a whole different ball game to maintain it, right? So, getting it and maintaining it, right? Uh, some of the the key things, you know, like habits that molded me to who I am today. I really insp- get inspired by people that can maintain things, okay. because it's so hard to do it. Right, I, I exactly, know because yeah. for me, trying to maintain things is never easy. It's never yeah. It's it's, it's a whole process to maintain right. things, right? You have to keep the mindset, you keep the fire going, you know, yes. you can't let it go. You have to do, do the things you had to do to get it every day. What are some of the things that you're excited about uh, after you graduate? Honestly, the whole future of FinTech, you know, right? that's a whole exciting frontier. You know, like, it all began like, um, my whole interest began mm. when DBS launched the, the iBanking app. Have you heard of that? internet banking app yeah so that's what amazed me like you know like how can banking be done on an app how young were you then i was uh sec one i believe which was what age? sec two uh 14 15 right okay right i believe i was that age you know like in secondary few, school quite a few years ago then. yeah i got my first smartphone and then uh those were the ages where i began mm. looking into apps you know mm. i came across ibanking uh, actually, I, I'm not sure what age you were, but I'm pretty sure it was that range, you know, like right. sec 3, sec 4, 15, 16, about that age, yeah. So I came across the iBanking app, you know, and like back then it was still pretty basic. Like you can do transfers, the kind of mini stuff, not not like today's app. Yeah. You can do pay now transfers, you can exchange currencies online. Yeah. So like back then it was pretty uh basic, you know, so but it still amazed me like you can transfer money through a phone app like mm. and it's secure as well and back then many other banks didn't have it like it was only dbs doing it right so like ocbc didn't have it uob didn't have it and even till now i feel dbs's ui is still the best yeah i like it, it. i changed I from ocbc it. to dbs because my girlfriend had dbs right and you know just this year ocbc updated their user interface to right. become better better right yeah but dbs was way ahead of everyone Back when it was new, you know, it yeah. was still a hit, yeah. So when I was in the army, I looked at my girlfriend's app and I compared to OCBCs and I was like, what are OCBC doing? Exactly. Like, they have so much uh, R&D money. But they're lagging What's behind. going on? <laughs> but yeah. there are other banks as well that are much behind OCBC, in fact, you know. Yeah. Yes. So, but DVS though is the, the king of the game right now. Right. And like the the app, you do so many things. You can transfer money. You can exchange currency. Yeah. You can even invest. Yeah. You, know, you can invest. You can pay your credit card bills. Mm. You can apply for new credit card. Apply for uh, apply for credit lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do that too. So you can do everything pretty much in an app right now, and that's what amazes me so much mm. about fintech. Because so that was your your origin of the that was what made me explore fintech more. Right. And once I figured out, like, you know, this is what is, is going to keep, uh, this is what I'm going to do in the future. This yeah. is what I want to do in the future. I began to read into it more. I got inspired by 
all those companies, you know, breaking right. new frontiers in fintech. Do you feel that uh, you're going to enter the startup world as well in fintech or are you going to get into a company that is already well established? Uh, being in a startup is definitely exciting. Yeah. You definitely have the, the thrill, you know, of seeing it take off. High risk, high reward. High risk, high reward. But yeah. in Singapore, unfortunately, the startup culture, like one in hundred. Right. Yeah, I've heard from a few mentors that have one in a hundred take off. The rest uh You know, I guess that's the statistics of startups across the right, board. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I'm actually part of uh the the SUSS Social Entrepreneurship Club in yeah. my school. You're the you're the head of the club. I'm the president, yes. yes. So that's a privilege uh, I I really enjoy having. And uh, being the head, you, you get to link with external partners and mentors. Right. And it's really been an honor having their insights, you know, into being a startup. Mm. How do you develop yourself as a startup? You know, uh, how do you find your partners? How do you properly go through each stage of being a startup? Right. You know, many people try to rush through it. Many people try to accelerate their pace, mm. but at the risk of failing. Yeah. So even though the odds don't look very good, I feel that even trying to be a startup, you know, will put you ahead of anyone else. Right. Because the effort you need, the drive you need to go out and seek partners, seek uh, funding, you know, is really like beyond everyone else. You have to be a different breed of a person. Right. Right. So I, I, have, uh, I have a close friend of mine. Right. I don't want to disclose any information too much, but okay. she, she is... Uh, from a very wealthy family okay. overseas. And I realized that her father has groomed her to take over the business in okay. the future. And the way she thinks about life is so, so cool because she's basically already thought muscle memory about things that entrepreneurs think need to learn about people that are inspired to be this in this position. Right. I guess that's different between those that are really wealthy and trying to create generational wealth is that they they teach those things that cannot be taught in school. Right. The soft skills. And she's always excited to fail. She's always excited to try new things and she's and okay learn with new failing. Things. And yes. That's the key. Yeah. And then I have friends that are not from the same background, same as well as me. And, you know, failing in the beginning was always scary to the point where I was younger. I never even tried because I was too scared of failing. Right. Right. So it's a bit That's interesting. That's the key hurdle. Yeah. Being, uh, the, the failure ahead. That's the right. key hurdle that prevents many from trying out new things. Yeah. Right. But your friend you mentioned, mm. I'm sure she has a mindset of abundance. Right. Yeah. So that keeps her going, you know, like even though I fail, I still can try again. Yes. So that's what I feel like uh, a good entrepreneur should have. Yes. That, that mindset of abundance. Yeah. So you have to know that even though you fail, there's still another day to fight. Right. You have to go another day. You, you can if you want to, you know, create a new startup. Because you can never go drive ideas. Right. It's always there. It's, it, your mind is your most precious tool. Yeah. So you can always have new ideas, plan things out. Right. But you have to get over the fear of failure first. Mm. How, how do you know a lot about how the world of startups work? Like in terms of investors and stuff and raising money. Right. If, if you were to fail, for example, do you think that... Um, it doesn't per affect your personal finance life. No, it right? doesn't. It's it's more of the investors knowing the risk. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what my perception was. That right. everyone in in the is in the bed together, so they are exactly. all taking the risk yeah. together. So they understand the risks of uh, being a startup and all. all right. So they have to believe in the idea. 
So if they believe your idea will succeed, then they will proceed with the investment. Right. If not, they they are free to go. Yeah, there is no obligation on their part to invest. So, mm. but should the the idea go bad, should it go wrong, then their money is lost. It, it's more of a gamble, really. Right. Yeah, it's like you said, win big. You know, win big. Yeah, the chance is always there. Yeah. But the odds don't look too good for such. How do they say the next unicorn, right? Exactly the next the next unicorn. Yeah. So like uh, in Singapore, right, or anywhere in the world, right. the odds for startups are not are not good because mm. there are too many of them. Right. But the ideas you get, you know, the ideas you develop with your team, those are the things that have the potential to, to like succeed in a different form. So not through a startup, maybe through something else. Right. Right. So it's always there. What are what is what is maybe a skill if you're truthful to yourself that you are looking to improve or improving right now that you feel like it's good if I focus on this so I can be the person that I want to become in the future. So a skill that yeah I need to improve myself yeah. on. Hmm. Good question, no? Good question. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. had I had a few people ask me that as well, and it's a thought process that needs to. Right, right, right. Yeah, a skill maybe I would say is uh, trying to maybe unwind more. Yeah, yeah, trying to relax more. Like I actually feel that sometimes I get too caught up mm. in the the whole hustle and bustle mm. that I don't take time off to spend quality time, like uh. These past few years, like through national service, through everything, right? Like I haven't like really took a like how to say like spend time with my parents, you know. Mm. I haven't really spent any quality time, m- much quality time with them. And looking back, I was want to spend some time with them because mm. I'm 23 now. Yeah. Uh, in a couple of years, I'll be moving out, getting a job, mm. and then I I won't see that much. So this is like the pretty much the last stage where I can spend day-to-day time with them yeah and it, even for my dog you know he's getting old too and i would really wanted to have like spend more time with them so like take a step back from the hustle you know go and talk to them a while all right i'll have tea with them just have a little chat with them once in a while yeah so i'm working on them around now actually yeah so usually like in the afternoons i'll take a little break from my work i'll go out to the hall the living room to like spend time with them and have a mm. chat with them how's the day How's things going? You know, play my dog a little, go for yeah. a walk with him. Yeah, so those are little things that you have to consider. I would say I, th- I think actually you're doing good because small things like that, I think matters a lot in the long run. They do, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like you can be about hustle life, you know, like go right. all out study. But at the end of the day, like what's the point if you look back and you right. have fond memories? Do you feel that... Um, do you feel that now because you're so young, right? you have more times on your hands to not worry about things or are you a person that rather take the responsibility now and try to achieve as much as possible within a shorter time period? I rather do it now actually. Yeah, so when you have the time now, like mm. why wouldn't you want to do it? So instead of leaving it for later, you can worry less later. You know, you can focus on little things later. So now you can, while you have the time, the freedom, you can work towards those goals first. So when you look back then, you'll be a head start compared to your peers. Right. Right. So like your example of like buying a house. Mm. So you said you were trying to save up now a mm. little bit. Yeah. So that's, that's a good thing. So when you have to buy a house, when the time comes, you'll look back and see that, you know, 
that wasn't so bad. Now I have one less thing to worry about. Yes. Yeah. So that's the thing that it all snowballs after a while. So let's say, for example, you save up cash to put it down to down payment for your house. Right. So then back later when you save up the money, right? The money you saved up can use for other things. Right. Yeah. So it's all a snowball effect. But once you have to struggle mm. to come up with the cash, it's all going to snowball the energy. Right. So let's say you have to put your savings aside for the house, but you really have cash back, you know? You really have some cash saved mm. up in the back. So you still have that money saved up. Mm. You, you don't lose anything per se. So that's the whole point, you know? You have things to worry, you have less things to worry about. I I met um a person this time around when I came to Singapore and right. I found out that he is uh he, he has created a very comfortable life here in Singapore. Right. He managed to buy a landed property, he has two children that he gave a very good life That's to very good. travel that saw hmm. saw the world. So I, I I would say that in, in, in the sense of the Singaporean dream he 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 tapped That's into it. very good, yeah. And he, he told me because I I said that he referred to me as like oh Eugene you're Eugene you're very young, and I I said like yeah I am like I have so much time on my hands I can like you know I'm privileged to think about right. these things now, and he said don't say that you're so young, and think of it as a super good thing because, at the end of the day, sooner you will realize that time flies so fast. Right. Exactly. So plan for things now. Do things that you want to put in the work now. And it will pay off in when the it future. matters. Exactly. That's my whole point. Like, uh, if you do it now, your future self will have to do it. Right. Right. It's, it's something like, uh, let's say you plant a tree now. Yeah. Right. So, like, down the road, you get to enjoy the fruits earlier. Yeah. As opposed to a guy who plants trees later. <laughs> the Siri. Yeah. And then, uh, right. So, I th- well, that's a really good analogy. Right. That yeah. you said that. Um, the whole tree thing, right? Right. Wow, you're 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 a man of wisdom. Thank you, man. Where did you learn? Uh, who, did you have any person that you uh, inspi- were inspired by, or someone that influenced you a lot when you were growing up? Was it your dad or someone? It's else? my dad. Yeah. So my dad, like I said, is a very like disciplined kind of right. guy. So he's the one that taught me that you know to do things you have to put in the effort. You know, mm. there's no way around it. You have to either work or you're not gonna get it. Right. So that's what inspired me to actually understand the concept, you know, of like, if you want it, you got to do it. There's no way around it. Like, no one's going to come to you and say, you know, Ashwin, here, I got it for you since you are complaining about it. Here's, here's it for you. No one's going to do that, you know. Yes. You have to go out and do the work for the things you want. Right. So he's the one that instilled that, that uh, foundation in me, I would say. Yeah. And along the way, there have been mentors, like, you know, my school, profs, yeah. my professors my teachers who have uh taught me many lessons along the way mm. you know about uh, investing concepts right. you know like understanding about about myself and my strengths my weaknesses how do i turn my my weakness to my strengths right right so it's, uh honestly like uh my secondary school i was from sgi mm. so uh the culture there is very it's very unique in the sense that uh everyone there uh it's, a, it's like a family. Okay. Right, yeah. So, you, you know, like... Uh, uh, do you have friends with SGI? No, I don't have any no, friends okay. with SGI. So, the culture there, right, uh, follows the Catholic school principles. Right. So, like, uh, you have morning prayer, you have uh, after meal prayer. 
So it's, it's a very prayer-focused school. Mm. So everyone there is like a family, you know, like you can approach the teachers uh, anytime you want. Like they won't feel upset. Or they won't feel like they don't have to talk to you after mm. their teaching hours. So like I, I have the honor of having very good teachers who actually uh, taught me that even though uh, like some of my weaknesses in school were math. So like uh, I didn't really like math then. Right. So like uh, I will feel that, you know, like math isn't my strength, so I'm not going to focus on it. But I've had... Uh, teachers who told me that you know even though you don't like math even though you're not good at math right you can turn it into your strength right so you have to put in the effort so for me i will come to school at like 6 a.m in the morning so uh, assembly was at 7 30 mm. so i'll be in, in school at six so i'll be you know outside the staff room in a mini room or something right so i'll be there doing my work my math assignments and my teacher will come out at 6 30 and she will sit by me and wait till assembly mm. so I'm really honored because, like, looking back now, like, trying to have a combo with my friends, right? I'll, I will share this with them, and they'll be like, "That's so, that, that's so good." Like, we, I never had that, and like, you know, like, looking back, that's a big privilege, you know. Like, I never realized it then, but that was really a big thing that uh, actually shaped me to who I am. Yeah, looking at my teachers putting the effort for me, like, uh, they really taught me that math can be a strength if you wanted to, and they backed up their words and put in the effort for me mm. and really like uh i feel like uh, my teacher is uh mrs lauren vastel mm. so she's been uh, a big inspiration for me yeah so if you're hearing this <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's so amazing yeah. Very, what a beautiful story you it's know i i learned um that because I grew up uh, with a friend group that right. I could have easily ended up like them and I wouldn't be so proud of myself in, in Sweden right. uh, doing those things uh, at, at my stage of uh, life right now. Okay. And uh, I realized that an environment for a person is so important, right. more so than trying to convince someone to do something. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, the person that you're trying to teach something, something about, right, he won't do it. Unless he's in a, for example, military environment, right. and there are repercussions if he doesn't do it. Right. But if you're talking about in a setting where people have choices, if a person doesn't want to do it, you can only influence him so much. You can exactly. only tell him yeah. that you have to do this so much because at the end of the day, it's his choice. Whether you want to do it or not. Right. Right. But if you create an environment for someone that they feel like oh, I'm actually seeing the bigger picture why I maybe should do this. Right. Why it's good for me to do these things. Why it's good for me to be okay with failing. Right. Or be okay pushing myself and being outside my comfort zone. Then the person will naturally start doing it himself. And right. that will pay off so much more in the long run than trying to convince someone that they should do it. So like in general, environment is, is something that some are blessed to be born right. with and some are not so... Uh, advantage so I wanted to ask you if right. you would see someone that maybe you know also that it's not in the environment that is good for someone right or maybe it's is that the person is trying to convey to like Ashwin you know I'm I'm in a very unfortunate situation where my family is so uh, split up I don't really have a role model right I'm not really uh, uh, super social in class and I don't have a lot of friends what what's some of the things that you can maybe tell that person in order to you know help him improve his 
current status in life? Okay, for me, if it's my friend, I'll yeah. tell him that you can come to me anytime. Like, I'll always be there because I know what it feels like. Right. Right, to uh, to feel lost. Right. Right, so without a good, like, social uh, environment, mm. like, even the best potential will be lost. So, like what I said earlier, your friends, the, the group of five friends you have, uh, you'll be the average of that. So if you're going to uh, be in an environment that's not so good for you, that, yeah. would, that doesn't nurture you, you're going to end up being wasted potential. Like what could have been, right? So I'll I'll tell you straight up, like, you know, you can approach me anytime you want. Like I, I'll be there for you. Mm. So like that's important because like if he's my friend, I would want to see him succeed. Right. Right. So that's what friends are for. Like you wouldn't say like, you know, like, I'll be better than you. Right, yeah, this thing, yeah. Right, so, right, right. I understand what you mean. I want, I want to see my friend succeed as well. So I'll, probably, I'll, I'll tell him that, you know, like, if you want uh, someone to hang out with after school, to, like, do work with, you know, you can hit me up. I'll be there for you. And uh, one advice I'll tell him is that, like, uh, the key to succeed is to find strength in adversity. So, like, what you, how you react right now is who, who you'll be as a person in the future. Right, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. So like how you react to your situation right now. So like, you know, like you say that uh, my home is not a good environment for me to do work or to revise. Yeah. Right. Uh, how you react to it? Would you put in the effort to come to school to do work? Would you uh, bring your stuff, bring your books to the void deck below to do work? Or right. would you go to a friend's place to do work? How you react to it? Or would you choose to stay at home and just do, do nothing? Yeah. Yeah. So how you react to it will make you, will shape you that person. So if you do that now, if you do, if you bring your stuff to to school to do work instead of the, your your room, you know, in the future, in your face a similar situation, you you can adapt. You know, you can adapt. You can choose to do things a different way mm. instead of choosing to sit down there and complain. Right. So that's the key thing to find strength in adversity. I totally agree with you. Right. That I I really liked the uh, the way that you said that. Um, yeah, your your attitude matters a lot of it how does. you really how does. you handle the situation. Because who you are as a kid will pretty much be the same as who you are as an adult. Right. Like you won't change that much. Right. So the 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 things you do as a kid, mm. right, will shape you as an adult. Right. So I mean, I'm sure your friends who you know who you knew when mm. they were kids, right. So when you look at them then, look at them now. They are often, more often than not, the same person. Yeah. Right. Just the uh, d- different size, you know. Different size. Vertically horizontal. Yeah. Different size, <laughs> <laughs> but they're the same person. So, being young, being impressionable—that's the key thing to do. Yeah. I try to find strength in adversity, and totally make the right agree. choices. I totally agree. That is, um, it, it's yeah, it's so important for you to be able to realize that you have a choice of how you it react is. to things. It is. And sadly enough. You know, I like that before even I mentioned it, you were concerned about people that might not have the, you know, the environment right. for them to be in, in a place. And it's true. A lot of people might not see that, you know, there is an out from the environment. But if that's the reason why I wanted to create this podcast as well is because if someone can insta- is stuck in an environment where they feel like they are helpless, stuck in a rut, just listen to someone that i'm interviewing and then you will see that people actually see it from another perspective right there are perspectives that you can choose within you and then see that there are options 
out there. There are options. There are always options. Right. Like being in Singapore society, there are always options. There's, there's help out there for you if you need. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, you can choose to sit down at home mm. and just feel bad for yourself. Or you can go out and make the choice to seek the help you need. Or seek the, mm. the avenue, the help that you need. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really up to you at the end of the day. So you can't blame anyone else but yourself. Right. Like it's really your choice mm. to really uh, tell yourself, you know what, I'm going to get up and make a difference. I'm going to find the strength that I need to do the things that I need to do for myself, for my own self-growth. It's in, it's in their hands after all. Yeah. No one's going to spoon feed the self-growth to you. It's really up to you. Agreed. So if uh, maybe we should wrap up, but if there is a last thing that you want to, tell someone let's let's say that uh you you had a predator talking to your younger self right what is something that you would tell that uh, tell yourself when you were younger when i was younger mm. Mm. so maybe i would say uh you should enjoy your childhood more enjoy growing up don't rush to be an adult because we all get there eventually right so w- working hard is one thing but not enjoying childhood is another Right, so like you know, doing the the kid, the, the things you do as a kid, you know, like playing, catching, you know, or like uh, meeting your friends and you should be doing work, that kind of thing. So you only get a chance to do it once in your life, right? So like, let's say if you're in uni now mm-hmm. and you skip class to like meet your friends, that's that's kind of <laughs> irresponsible. But back when you're a kid, you can do that, you know. It's, you're still young. You're like. 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you're learning uh, division and multiplication. So you, you still can do that. And uh, I, I would say enjoy childhood more. Right. Like don't rush to be an adult because we all get there eventually. Right. I love that. You yeah. know, um, I lost myself along the way trying to fit in into a group right. of people that uh, I thought were the right someone group. that I had to seek acceptance from. I can relate. I can yeah. Relate. And I lost the child that I, I, I was, the, the imagination innocence. that I had, right. how happy I was, the, the, the fact that I didn't understand when people were judging me. Exactly, yeah. And it's so powerful. And I try to, every day now, uh, remember that person. Like not being part of the red race Yes. is a big privilege. Yes. So being a child gives you the chance yeah. to experience life what it is. So I, I, that's, a, that's a very beautiful advice. It is. Right. Thank you, Ashwin. Thank you, Eugene, for having yes. me. Thank you for coming to this podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I'm alone and plain loud. I'm staying.